0: church. Family.
1: Theology. News. Entertainment. Evangelism. If it's Christian, then we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Podcast. This is the Mike Charleston podcast, and this is Mike Charleston. And today we are joined with my wife, Sarah.
2: Hello, everybody.
1: She's in studio with us. And today, Larry had to be sitting in the McDonald's parking lot because his phone isn't working too well at his house. So he is in the McDonald's parking lot. Larry, are you there? Yeah. Okay, he is yeah, there. Do you,
0: uh, do you want fries with that?
1: I would like fries <laughs> with that, actually. Uh, that, hey, I, I'm here.
0: Good news. Good, good news. We ordered a new DSL modem, it and is. it should be coming sometime next week.
1: Oh man, I thought Yay. you said the McRib is back. That's Oh okay. uh, well. So you got to new
0: now. My news isn't that exciting anymore. Now you put it that way. You
1: no, know, that's true. <laughs> now the 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 modem is there. People don't understand that you use Wi-Fi calling because you don't get any reception in your house, which is kind of bizarre. Uh, well, today today Larry, we are we are getting right in the middle of. Theology 101, right in the middle of heresy. People are going to label us heretics today. But before we get into all that, a lot has happened in the last week. Actually, not really. Uh, You had something you wanted to talk about real quick, Larry. Why don't you give an update on your friend, Evan, that we misreported that he tore ligaments. He actually broke a bone, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he broke the clavicle. But we weren't wrong, because that's what they thought maybe happened was either tore the ligaments or broke actually at the joint, but
2: it was actually the
0: clavicle bone, which was the best out of the three scenarios.
1: Sure. No, so, it, it's, it. you don't always, and, when you're reporting news, you don't always have to be right. You just have to be first. So we, we were right. first. Yeah. So anyway, that's, right. that's well, really kind of true in the news yeah, world. It is. Yeah. The retractions are on always page eight, you know, buried in the in the corner. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. Uh, No, update, uh, he did break the clavicle bone, actually, in a couple places. He had to have surgery. They put a plate there and nine screws to hold it all together. Nine
1: screws, yeah, he's the bionic man.
0: Yeah, Yeah, so, like, uh, I wonder if they brought out the Milwaukee drill. (laughs) Yeah. You do go to Home Depot and get some stainless <laughs> <right>. steel cruisers.
1: <laughs> Maybe titanium, you know. Yeah, titanium. Only, right. Stainless steel. That's only if he's outdoor weather guy, you know. But,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> so um,
0: I think he said he has to have that in for 12 weeks.
1: Yikes. Wow. Yikes. Oh, oof,
2: rough,
0: sorry to hear, Evan. He's doing
1: good. Yeah, sorry to hear, man. So, anyway, the what's been going on over here is... Recovery. Reco- well, yes, we got a lot of sleep and rest and we finally, I think we finally recovered from the previous weekend and I think we're good. I think we're good yep. now. No real sickness. Now, so it's now it's that you good. got
0: rid of those pesky health
1: care. Oh, those grims! <laughs> My goodness. They're, they're like, oh, all over the place. You had to kick them out. No, it, it was, uh, we finally recovered the jeremiah our son who is uh he's a, a jack of all trades and actually probably master at most of them he's a he's a yeah. pretty smart guy he he wired our house when he was eight years old
2: yeah I, wow i, I kind of can't believe we let him do I know, that but, but he but. convinced <laughs> us that he knew what he was
1: doing and he knew what he was doing so and he was small enough to fit in the attic so <laughs> <laughs> Let him do it. But anyway, he's he got this truck. He got this uh, Chevy truck that he got, and he's really proud of this pickup truck that he got. And within 150 miles, it died on him. the The lifters, I don't even know what lifters are. I didn't even know lifters existed until he bought this truck and it, it fell apart. Anyway, he had to take off the head gasket. He had to take apart the the engine. I'm going to throw out terms that I don't know what I'm talking about, but awesome. I, yeah, he did have to, you know take it apart joshua could probably tell you a little bit more of what he took apart but joshua doesn't have a microphone right now so actually he does it's sitting right over there it's just hanging out over there but he had he took it apart replaced one of the lifters put it back together it sounded good for about oh i don't know 10 seconds
0: and another
1: one went out so he had to undo it all and long story short there was a part that he ordered that didn't come in for a long time so he had to order another lifter well the other part came in so he had two lifters and well it turned out to be a good thing because he needed the second one he replaced that one the engine is now working and he yeah. is a happy fella he is not quite sure about chevy he's like it's gonna it's a he was uh, betrayed in this relationship and it's, it's gonna, gonna take, take some, some time healing.
2: yeah yes he's
1: Yeah. He's working out some of the details. He's forgiven right now. And uh, (laughs) so, but if this happens again, they might have to separate.
0: Well, I'd say his, best relationship has been with Ford
1: yes yes the, the old lady is has lasted and has been very faithful to him
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> that thing is, yeah. it is the junkiest truck but it is survived and he's done very well with the Ford he he might go back to Ford but right now he's a Ford and Chevy guy and a Lexus guy and a yeah. Nissan guy yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, the uh, what else has been going on, babe? Do you not want to tell your story about uh, your parents?
2: I don't really know the whole story. I, I was a little bit confused because I didn't see the picture, but all I know is that they went to We a, did see
1: the picture, finally.
2: Well, right, but I, I know they went to a new church up there in Wisconsin where they live, right. and they told me that somehow when my dad went to turn into the parking lot...
1: It's a big, big... Driveway, by the way, you yeah. know these churches, and, and I,
2: I don't think it was raining. I think it was a clear day, yeah, it was sunny, and um, somehow he missed the driveway and ended up in the ditch. So,
0: oh no, yes, oh. or
2: partially, three of the wheels I think were on the ground and one was just dangling up there in the air, and so. But even
1: if he would have made it, he was going the wrong way in the driveway, but somehow still missed the driveway. I—I I don't understand. We saw the pictures, and I just said. Why? why what
2: happened <laughs> so, but they were both okay so yeah
1: well that's good Just,
2: and that was their first
1: intro but,
0: well there's a way to make yourself known in the
1: new church absolutely and that's a way to make a grand entrance yeah. and uh, that's they, it. they
2: said the people are really friendly and so they're they're quite happy
1: yep so <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> hey you, you know them so it's only fitting right <laughs> It's fitting for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I don't know what else is going on. My, I started my own business and it is slow right now, which I kind of suspected because, well, I haven't started. So uh, it's been kind of, it's going to be slow here the next couple of weeks, but I need to get going uh, advertising and getting my number out there. It, people can't call me if they don't have my number. So that no, is. No, it a, makes it hard. It's very difficult. I, I get it. But, uh, but it's, a, it's a little slow, but that's all right. I need to catch up on some things. This past week, it was fine because I was dead tired. But, but anyway, yeah. today we are going to answer a question that has been long asked. And there, there's only two questions out there that are lingering. And, Abby, we are going to get to your question later, not today. Cameron is uh, the one who we're going to be answering his question. He, he wanted to ask a question about the flesh and the spirit. And it was actually a very good question, and I said that we should actually take an episode or two to discuss this, because I think it's such an important question. So that is what we're going to do today. We're going to be talking about the, the battle between the flesh and the Spirit, and I guess when we come back, J- Joshua's going to get us out of here, but when we, when we come back, we are going to talk about Galatians and what it, what it means to walk in the Spirit and not after the flesh. <laughs>
2: You're listening to the Mike Charleston Podcast.
1: All right, we are back, and I was confused there. Joshua usually tests something out real quick, and I wasn't sure if we were going live, so I was like, are we live? and he, he assured me that we were alive, so we are back. And Larry, Larry's back on, and Sarah's here with us. I'm here. Sarah's going to be our question person and our uh, Bible reader, I guess. So, Larry, this is a, a very important question that we're going to be dealing with. I think a lot of people are very confused in, on this, and we're going to get we're going to get bogged down in some details a little bit. And so, Sarah, why don't you go ahead? This is from Cameron. He he, he emailed this question back in july this is how long ago this was and he wanted to ask he asked a couple questions he actually um is part of our fellowship here and i said do you want me to just answer the question he's like no do it on the podcast so i'm like okay man we'll do that and we kind of covered some of these in our bible study but babe why don't you go ahead it's, it's kind of two questions but go ahead and just read both questions
2: okay What is the difference between the flesh and the theory of sin nature? And the second one is, The Bible says several times that we still walk in the flesh and not according to it. But then in Galatians 5.24, it says that the flesh and its passions are crucified. So if it is dead, how do we still walk in it?
1: That is a very good question. Uh, Now, that's a misleading question. I I know There's no such thing as a bad question, but you'll find out here, Cameron, that that's actually not a proper question. Um, I'll explain it to you when we get there. But this is this is kind of a, a tough question to, to, to answer, Larry. This is it's hard to prove something that, or argue something that I don't believe even exists. So it's like how do I prove something that doesn't exist? you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm like trying to prove a negative right. here. And so I feel like that's what we're trying to do here. Um, with the, the the first part of the question. The first part of the question is, what is the difference between the flesh and the theory of the sin nature? Now, this is where we're going to get right into heresy right here. Uh, most people out there believe in a sin nature, original sin. We do not. We do not believe no. in a sin nature. So right there, a lot of people are probably just turning off the podcast and going, that's it, I knew there was something wrong with these people, and they probably just turned us off right now. But if you're hanging in there, we'll explain why we don't believe in what we call the sin nature, but we do believe in what we call the flesh. The, the flesh right. is what the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach the sin nature, and we'll, we'll kind of prove that here in the next episode or two. Uh, unless you have an NIV Bible, which we found out today, actually, uh, babe, what did you find out about the NIV? Because the NIV Bible in Romans changes the word flesh a bunch of times to sinful nature. They insert the word sinful nature, but what did you find out about the 2011 NIV?
2: That they took out the sinful nature in all but two verses in Romans 7, but in the older, in the 86 version of the NIV Bible, it's in the Bible just a ton of places, in Romans and Galatians and Corinthians and all all over the place they have sinful nature.
1: So they kind of took it back out, so I guess they felt the pressure. I don't know why, because most Christians believe in, the, in this thing called the sinful nature, but they felt like, they should take it back out in 2011. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Well, I think the reason they did that... Originally, they did it because it fits their doctrine. But the Greek word, if I, I'm not up on Greek, I think it's a waste of time, but that's another subject. Anyway, um, I think the Greek word is something like sarx or something like that yeah, or, yeah for flesh. But if you insert sinful nature in that, you you run into some problems elsewhere in the Bible, and it becomes weird. Right, right. So I think they backed off on it, on the newer, updated versions of it, so that they didn't to eliminate some of those weird spots.
1: Well, so while we're at it, we might as well just go ahead and tackle the sinful nature a little bit. We're going to get into this a little bit more, maybe in a next episode or something like that if we have time, but let's just get on the very basic level. I went to Bible college, and in Bible college, you get a theology book, and the theology book is thicker than the Bible, which you should, yeah. you should check yourself right there, but in the theology book, you come across what is called this sinful nature or original sin, and everyone that i could ha- that i have in my library and that we look up there is only two or three verses that they use for this this idea of sinful nature and it's a very popular doctrine it's a everyone knows this doctrine everybody just says we you know we're all born sinners we're all sinner everyone knows this right so you would think that it would be All over the Bible and however it's only in two or three verses and those two or three verses we can talk about we're not going to talk about them today but generally speaking they're they're in Psalm 51 uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and Romans chapter 5 those are the three verses that portions of Scripture that people refer to when they talk about this subject other than that it is nowhere in the Scripture
0: I guess you could do I have heard some go to Romans chapter 7 Okay, yeah, I, I, I see what you're
1: saying, right? Romans chapter seven. Uh, I don't know if um, I've heard many people use that argument for you're that. You're stretching. But yes, yes. But the 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 things that I don't want to do, I do, and and yeah, and all yeah, that. But it. so that's that's where these three verses that people pull from. But actually, that isn't where they get. It. This is where they justify it. This is where you know when you're looking at an article and you have these little parentheses and it says John three sixteen, and no one ever goes and yeah. checks on them. So if you actually study those three verses, it is pretty clear what it's talking about. And we'll talk about those later. But what I want to talk about is where the idea of original sin came from. Most people have no idea where original sin came from. And the the guy who came up with the idea of, besides the people who think it's all in the Bible, and Paul came up with the idea, but the guy who came up with the idea was... A guy who is the father of the Catholic Church, basically, and the father of Calvinism.
0: I am the father.
1: Yeah, and and so who would that be? Oh,
0: pick me, pick me.
1: Uh, oh, okay, okay. Augustine. Augustine, 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 however you want to pronounce him. I, I was going to play the uh, Darth Vader entrance song, but that's already Constantine. So we don't oh, want yeah. we don't want to get a confused. Constantine is an emperor, and. Now I slipped his name. I had him right here. Augustine. Augustine is the theologian. He is a world-renowned theologian. He is very popular. Everyone goes to him. He is known for Orthodox Christianity, Orthodox theology, and Christianity. He is the father, right. basically, of Catholic theology and of Reformed theology. So think about that. He, if he's the father of yeah. both of these, uh, we must have a problem. He. Well. Yeah,
0: John Calvin plagiarized him a lot.
1: Absolutely, they actually have a term. I forget what the term is. That basically, if if Augustine said it, that ends the argument, which is not a very good argument.
0: It's amazing how two what is supposed to be two opposing views, Catholicism and Reformed theology, they have their same founder. And if you study both of those systems out. They're basically the same thing. Right. But they appear to be different, but they're actually the same.
1: <laughs> so there's a bunch of terms here that I'm about to read, and I don't know how to pronounce them. I, I, I listened to them today, and I'm going to mess them up. But uh, Augustine was part of this group, the Mashanin, Mashanin, something like that. I don't know. Basically, they're I Gnostics. Can't. And he was part of this group for like eight, nine years or something like that. And so this is a lot of paraphrase. You're going to have to like go and do your own research on this. But so while he was, in, it's a very Greek thought and where they have this dualistic, good, bad, you have this good person, you have this bad person. The flesh is all evil. Everything physical is bad, very close to the Gnostics. And that's, that's kind of what he was raised in. And then he got hooked up with this preacher, this, this guy that was a Christian that, Uh, I think it was Jerome. Maybe that was just Jerome was his underling. I don't remember. But he really liked what he had to share, and he became this thought person that he would come up with these ideas. And so he's the one that really kind of created the Old Testament as being an allegory and because he couldn't take the Bible. He had a real problem with the Old Testament. And so he brought all these ideas into Christianity, his, his Greek philosophy. And his biggest one was what we just talked about. He did not believe that the flesh was any good. It was all bad, it, but the spirit was good. So matter itself could be evil. And he even brought that into his theology where he talks about original sin and where everything is bad. So even he comes up with the doctrine. This is why Catholics don't get married. They don't have priests that aren't supposed to be married. It's all because of Augustine. He thought sex in itself was evil because it's producing, if a man and woman get together and they produce a child, that child is sinful. Therefore you're passing on sin. It's a sinful act. So that is not good. But because the Bible allows marriage, he allowed it. Uh, so that that's where this kind of this guy is is not a very good theologian. He he brought in a lot of heresy into the church, and yet he is renowned as orthodox. He is orthodox. Now there was another guy that came up. I'm sure you're aware of this guy, uh, Larry, as Pelagian. Yeah, you've heard of Pelagian, right?
0: I have. This is a, I haven't read on this in a while, um, but you were telling me about this earlier. This, I forgot about all this. So since it's fresh with you i think
1: you should oh yeah so, so pelagian he, he he was a part of the church you know this was early on so the church wasn't completely corrupted yet they're still trying to figure out everything that they are in the in the in the 3rd century here and but he got quickly corrupted and mainly because of augustine so augustine and pelagian pelagian got wind of augustine's doctrine and did not like it he said, "No, that's not wrong. Not all matter matter is not sinful. It's the what we do with the matter that is sinful, and what we do with our bodies is sinful. But our bodies aren't actually sinful. We are not actually sinful. We don't. We are not born sinners. Now he went so far as to what, Now everything that we know of Pelagian is because of Augustine. So we don't really have many of Pelagian's writings, but what we assume is that Pelagian taught that people are born good. Now we don't believe that either." But he believed that what Augustine was teaching was wrong. And they actually had a meeting with some bishops, some council, and they actually had it out because he was saying that Pelagian was a heretic. And they they judged him. The pope came in, uh, heard the case. A previous pope died, and the next pope that came in, and I can't even pronounce this pope's name, I don't even, I don't know his name. It's, I've never heard this Pope's name, and I, tr- I looked it up, and I tried to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try to, but whatever the Pope's name at the time was, he heard the case, and he said that Pelagian was Orthodox Christianity. So Pelagian's teaching was originally Orthodox and not Augustine's. Augustine got all mad about it and went off to some emperor, and this emperor uh, in some other land, I don't know had some some clout and had some influence and he started gaining some influence and in saying what Pelagian was doing. So the emperor went back to Augustine and not Augustine, the emperor went back to the Pope and kind of strong armed him into saying that Pelagian was a heretic. And from now on, Pelagian's beliefs were heresy and now Augustine's teaching, Orthodox, so that is where this originated from. It didn't originate from the scriptures. It originated from backroom dealings in politics in the church. It started with Augustine being upset, bringing his Greek philosophy into the church, his dualism, and and besides, let's just talk about it. Original sin makes no sense. Like the actual idea of original sin makes sense. That Adam was. The first sinner, so that he his original sin. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but here here's a question for you, Larry. So did Adam need a sinful nature to sin? No. Okay, here's another question. Did the angels need a sin nature to sin? No. So it seems like we don't need the sinful nature to sin. It no. looks like other beings, other people have sinned without a sinful nature, right? So why do we need a sinful nature?
0: Right, for a theological system to continue.
1: So yeah, it seems like you need a, a theological... The only reason to really have a sinful nature is to have a specific theology that you will adhere to. So the Calvinists, this is very important for them to have. If you do not have a sinful nature, you do not have Calvinism. That is That is... That is the the crux of Calvinism right there. Total depravity. If you're not totally depraved, Calvinism falls apart. Catholicism falls apart if you right. do not have original sin. You don't have the priests controlling everyone. So the only people that need a sinful nature right. is the organizations, the Catholic Church, the the Calvinism. They need a sinful nature. So, but people are like, well, but Mike, Larry, what are you you guys talking about? Look around at the world. It is full of sin. Okay. Well, in theology, when we talk theology, theology is very, very specific, right, Larry? So words are very, yes, yes. So what would you say is a big difference? Okay, well, sinful nature, it's not in the scripture. So, but what about the concept? You know, like we're all sinners, but the the, the actual term sin nature our nature is actually sinful what is the what's the complication with that
0: it, it be, the very notion of sinful nature even total depravity right. if everything we have is sinful then we how would we have a concept of goodness that would be foreign so to have God require us to do cool. something that right we could not it wouldn't make any sense. Do because it's so, not in it, our nature would be
1: so the Bible doesn't it would be wrong make of him. much sense if we are so, it, well, yeah. born sinners separated well we are separated from god but born sinners incapable of uh, responding to god god keeps respond you know asking us to respond and we're incapable that that's like god playing a game with us it doesn't make any sense Right, it's just there's no point to the scriptures. Why do we ha- why did he write to us? Why do the prophets I prophesy for us to repent? If I cannot repent, if it's impossible for me to repent, if if everything that I do is evil, my nature is sinful. So that is that's the that's the term that I balk at is that my whole nature is actually sinful, that every act that I do is completely sinful. Here's what the Calvinists miss that one sin all it takes is one sin, and I'm no longer good. I'm no longer righteous. So they get hung up with the, the, you know, no one does good, no one is righteous, no, not one. And that is true because we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But it doesn't mean that every single act has to be sin. All it takes is one act of rebellion. That's all it takes. So they, they get hung up on the all.
0: Yeah, and that's all it took in the garden. That's
1: that's all it was, one. And he didn't have a sinful one. nature. <laughs> So yeah. he, he had a he had a perfect nature. He had a human nature, and I, I submit that's what we happen we happen to have. Now here's the here's the question. Now this is the part where Cameron comes in and he's asking the question. So what's the the difference between the flesh and the theory of the sin nature? Now we'll get into the sin nature maybe next episode a little bit more in detail. But now what we believe is that we are born flesh. We are th- right. the flesh is lustful it wants it wants to eat it wants to see it wants to taste it wants to touch it wants what it, the, the the senses that we have the flesh wants and so without the Spirit of God guiding us guess what we're gonna do we're going to sin so right. like
0: well I'll ask you a question kind of throw this down here those like you said those lusts of the flesh are they in themselves bad? Are they evil?
1: That's a good question. So the answer at first would be not necessarily. Like, God gave us desires for sex, right? And, right. and in the in the context of marriage, it is fine. It's good. Outside the context right. of marriage, it is sinful. God gave us a desire to eat and to take pleasure in what we eat, but we, we don't control it. We overeat. It's called gluttony. That is not right. We, we, we he created us things to drink we drink too much we get drunk and what do we that's sin so the abuse of these things that God gave us is what is called sin it is those fleshly desires that we just want more, we don't know when to say no we don't know when to stop and so without the spirit of God we're going to keep going we push the envelope and eventually we sin and we've all sinned we, and and that's the whole point in Romans and Romans one, two, and three, as we get into Romans three, there is a verse there in Romans three, nine, I believe it is. And you can, you can turn there, babe, or you can flip it over there. Um, Romans three, nine, what is you're in Romans six. So Romans three at the, at the beginning of Romans one, it lists all these sins, right? And all these sins are really, really bad sins. And he, then he talks about, uh, you, oh man, uh, He's, he's just talking how bad—if he wanted to prove that they were sinners, why did he spend three chapters going through and proving that they are personally convicted? They're, they're sinners based on their acts, not because they were born. He All he had to do was just say, we all know we're born sinners, and, and this is why you need Jesus. No, he is going through and talking about how bad we are in, in our acts. And in three chapter 3, verse 9, what does it say then?
2: It says, what then? Are we better than they— no, and no wise, for we have before proved, both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. Keep going. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all ga- gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one.
1: Oh, see, there it is, see? Well, uh, he's, yeah. he's quoting Psalms, but as we talked about earlier, this is a picture of this is the end result of everything that Paul had talked about in Romans of how we are sinners because of what we have done. And he is saying, like I said before, all it takes is one act. We are not good because of one act of rebellion. It doesn't mean every single act has to be uh, rebellion. Uh, but the, so then, we, then you can go to uh, chapter six. So, because then it goes on in, in 323 where it says, all have fallen sh- short of the glory of God. We like to go to that verse and say, see, this is why we're all sinners. That, is, that verse there is to prove the answer, the cure, not the, 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 the problem. The problem, he took three chapters to prove that Larry is a sinner, that I'm a sinner, that Sarah is a sinner, that we're all under sin. He took three chapters to describe that. The cure is, because all are sinners, the cure is all. It's not just for the Jews, it's not just for the Gentiles, it's for all. The cure is for all. Read the next verse, I'm I'm not talking to you, but you out there listening, read the next verse after 3.23, it'll tell you who the cure is. Anyway, uh, you got something you want to say there, Larry? I heard a little bubble over there like you were underwater. Yeah, well,
0: (laughs) I was going to say, part of sin comes, not necessarily not for us not knowing when to stop, but not wanting to stop, or right. knowing we should do or should not do something, but we go ahead and do it anyway, knowing it's the wrong thing to do. But because we want that pleasure in our flesh, we go ahead and do it anyway.
1: Absolutely. And, it, and we are all guilty of sin at that point, and so— Read James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, babe.
2: Okay. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death
1: that's where sin comes from it, it james could have been just simple and said look man sin is because your whole being is sinful this is why you're a sinner this is where sin comes from because you were born a sinner he doesn't say that he's saying that sin comes from within where you're tempted and you're, you're drawn away from your lust. so so cameron to answer your, your first part of your question is the difference between the flesh and the theory of the sin nature which i don't believe exists is that the flesh is the issue here the flesh is without the spirit of god is is the problem we if you don't have the spirit of god the flesh is going to can't be controlled and wants to get more wants to have more can't control itself and it's called sin
0: i, I think too I'm, not to be overstate the obvious but the definition of flesh in the bible is just that it's What we see, our skin and bones and organs, that's what the Bible refers to as flesh.
1: Right. It's it's pretty simple. It's just that simple. Sarah has a more question.
2: (laughs) Well, it's just talking about the flesh and the sin nature, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think a lot of times, at least growing up, the way I was taught the sinful nature was because you look at children, and as we know with young kids, even from a young age, they. They do things wrong, they fight back, they they um, hit each other, they do all sorts of things, and they're not taught that. So we feel like it's just natural for them to do that. Therefore, we feel like it's in their nature. That's why people go so far as to say they have a sinful nature because they're not taught to do those things. We don't teach them to push and bite and hit, and yet they do those things naturally.
1: Huh, I'm not so sure about that. Um, <laughs> they watch their parents very closely. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it, yes, they, you can look at kids, and they kind of do those things but once again they are born without the spirit of god and i said the statement before and one person was like "Ooh, i wouldn't say that and i hope you you understand what i'm saying but as parents when they are young we are kind of like kind of like make sure you hear this kind of like the holy spirit in their life we are there to correct them kind of guide them and we cannot train them into salvation but we can train no. them to not do bad things. We can train them not to hit. We can train them. Uh, we can train their behavior. But at the end of the day, they gonna, they're going to sin. because Not because their nature is completely sinful. They have a sinful nature. Because they are flesh and they choose to do disobedience. That is why they're sinners. They, they have a choice to make. And most of the time, my kids obeyed me. Most of the time, they did what was right. They didn't break the, the rules of the house. They but every once in a while they looked at me and said, "I'm going to test Daddy," and mm-hmm. they found yeah. out that doesn't work too well. And uh, right. so they they broke the rules and they got in trouble.
0: Well, I think that part of the issue is it's that our perception, because like they, Adam and Eve were perfect. They lived in a perfect environment, and then the serpent came in, which is true in a sense, but. They didn't have any moral character, and the only way to get that—it's like, how do you get experience?
1: Right, by living.
0: You only get experience by experience. Right. And they had to—God had to put up. if God created Adam and Eve as a free person, then there had to be something as a test to see whether they will choose to follow in obedience or they'll choose to follow their own way. Right. And so there had to be a test because they were in a sense they were they were complete but they weren't tested in a moral sense. They had no moral character yet that had to be developed. Right. And right, the right. best way in a, is in a cr- controlled environment by God setting up a test. Saying this fruit you can you can't eat. Don't don't eat it.
1: Right. Absolutely. So to, it, it's totally absurd to think that after Adam's sin and he was banned, that somehow God recreated the human race and now made us all sinful and that it was passed right. on uh, by Adam somehow physically to the next generation. I tell you what got passed on, death got passed on. That's what Romans right. 5 is talking about. I know people are right now going, Romans 5, man, Romans 5, that sin was passed on. Read it very carefully. Read it in the King James very carefully. You'll see that death was passed upon on because all have sinned. We are all sinners right. still. And Well,
0: Sarah brought up a good point about children. Uh, so, I know some Calvinists will say that, yes, if God didn't elect them as children, if they died, then they would—if they're non-elect, they would go to hell. Yep, yep, right. But nobody, in practical sense, nobody believes that, because we all know that children are innocent. Right. You know, they may fight or pull the hair of their siblings and stuff, but do they know that that is morally wrong, that they
1: shouldn't do that? Yeah, they're not aware. They, yeah.
0: Right. And that's Romans 1.18, where uh, Paul talks about the people that hold the truth in unrighteousness. You have to have some kind of awareness, because it wouldn't be fair as God wouldn't be a good judge or a just judge if he held somebody accountable for something they had no awareness of.
1: No, I agree, unless you're just believing in Augustinian doctrine, which is yeah. considered orthodox— it seems like it's this is basic Christianity all one oh one. We are we are the original sin. We how can you not believe in original sin? And I'm like, well how could you? It's not really taught in scriptures. I believe in my original sin. When I when I sinned, I deserved yeah. death. And I'm not I don't deserve death because my dad was a sinner. I don't deserve death because Adam was a sinner. I deserve death because I'm a sinner i right. broke god's law i'm not responsible for my dad's actions i'm not responsible for my great great dad great great granddad and whatever <laughs> great grandfather uh his actions i'm not responsible for adam i'm responsible for my actions and you know what i have failed i have sinned i have broken god's law and we all have and it's not because my nature god made me that way who gave us our nature god gave us our nature uh and people are like well you're the only one that comes up with this well you know what Um, I'm not the only one. Finney, you know, he's a pretty good theologian. He, he saw this a long time ago, and he wrote about this and said how ridiculous this is. And uh, he actually made some very, very good arguments. So we're not just we're not new to this. You know, this has been out there, and actually, Pelagian was one of the first ones to kind of bring this attention. And it's too bad we don't have any of his uh, teachings. So anyway, let's go on to the second. Uh, part of the question, because this is the part that kind of probably is more practical. All that other stuff was just kind of theological uh, workings. But it says, uh, read the second part of the, the question there, babe.
2: The Bible says several times that we still walk in the flesh and not according to it. But then in Galatians 5.24, it says that the flesh and its passions are crucified. So if it is dead, how do we still walk in it?
1: This is the good, this is a good, this is very practical. This is Christianity 101 right here. So, Larry, what would you say? <laughs>
0: um,
1: Is this where you say uh, you have the answer?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought. Well, I would probably agree with what you think, Mike. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: no. I got to stop. I got to stop putting people on the spot, right? <laughs>
0: no, I actually. It's. I think it's to sum it up. Maybe it's a matter of perspective. Right. Because when you read the scripture, some of this, like Paul says, you know, when he said in Galatians 5.22, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Right. That's really from God's perspective. That And Christ was our propitiation, so we can be put into him, like he said in Romans chapter 6, that if we've been baptized into Christ, we've been baptized into his death. Right. So now we are heart of Christ, and so when he died, we died. We don't feel that, we don't experience that, but that's from God's perspective. So part of living by faith is we believe what God said over what we see or what we feel. Absolutely. So I'm— I don't know if that answers your question. No,
1: it's it's getting there, because there's there's more to it that... Well, yeah, there's a lot more. Right, no, but more to, like, his question, why well, I said he answered the question, he asked the question kind of in a wrong way, because he says, the Bible says several times that we still walk in the flesh. That is not what the Bible teaches. Now, I understand no. what he's saying, um, because... In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, which is what I was trying to go to earlier, and it actually I said 3 9, and it was still fine, <laughs> but 8 9 says, uh, so he's talking about in verse 8 8, it says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So this is still talking about the flesh, they cannot please God. Then he goes on, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his that's a very important verse right there that they that are in the flesh cannot please god so now we are talking about a positional thing here he right. he straight he straight out says we are not in the flesh now cameron since you asked a question i hate to like preach at you but that is the challenge okay do you believe that do you believe that you are in the spirit or in the flesh so nowhere else do we do we talk about being in the flesh uh, I know we like to use that term, in the flesh. Uh, the Bible talks about us walking in the flesh. It talks us uh, we, we're no longer in the flesh. So that is something to, to challenge our faith. Do we actually believe that we are no longer in the flesh, but we are in the spirit now? We are in Christ. We're not in Adam. And, and by the way, as we're on the subject there, Larry, um, when, when Christ died, so a lot of people want to talk about sinful nature. Let me ask you this. When, when Christ died and was buried and was risen from the, the grave and he's sitting at the, the right hand of the Father, did Christ have a sinful nature? I don't, I don't think so.
0: If he did have a sinful nature when he died, it would have died with him.
1: Exactly. So if, if we have a sinful nature, and I doubt it, uh, when Christ died and was raised as the, the, the perfect God, you know, he was perfect God-man that, that raised from the dead, And we're in Christ and we've been baptized in his baptism and we've been buried with him and in identification with Christ, we are right there with him. We are now seated in heavenly places. How in the world can you tell us that we have a sinful nature? Just because you continue in walking in in sin and doing bad things, don't blame that on some make-believe sinful nature. You have been freed from that. You have been crucified. You have been set free from it. You are no longer in the old man. That has been crucified. You are no longer in the flesh, as Paul says. So get over that. The, The sin that you do is because you have chosen it, and there is no reason for you to choose that. You have the Spirit of God living within you, and He has crucified the flesh, so walk in victory, walk in newness of life. All things are new. Behold, uh, behold, all things are new. You don't have the sinful nature in you anymore. The sin, It never was in you. But to have those people argue that you still have a sinful nature after salvation, after Christ redeemed you, doesn't make any sense. You are in That's, Christ. No.
0: Well, what it does is it gives you an excuse, and it can ease your conscience.
1: Absolutely, because it, how could I? They, how could I?
0: Right, because then it would be you can say, "Well, it's just my sinful nature. I just I'm stuck with it." But if you take the Bible for what it says, then you have to realize, "Ooh, that's all on me."
1: Well, so I have no excuse. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to Romans chapter six. So I'm just gonna have Sarah just kind of read because she's better at reading than we are. And uh, I'm going to kind of stop her here and there to make some comments, but just kind of read through Romans chapter six, start at verse one.
2: Okay. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer there? Okay.
1: Right. You're you're going too fast. You're like Joshua. Uh, How, how shall we? that are dead to sin, live any longer than in. So, you know, there's nothing to hear about a sin nature that still exists. There's nothing in here that that sin has a hold on you. Sin is dead. How can you? How shall we no longer live? Go ahead.
2: Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life.
1: There it is, walk in newness of life, in the same way that Christ is now raised from the dead, we are to walk in newness of life, not in the oldness of the letter, and not oldness in Adam, not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Carry on.
2: For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection.
1: In the likeness of his resurrection. So the likeness being that he is freed from the flesh he is freed from sin that sin that he took to the cross was nailed to the cross and now he is freed from that we are freed from that carry on
2: knowing this that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin that the body
1: of sin uh, that we were crucified with him that the body of sin is destroyed i mean this is this is gospel right here go ahead yeah
2: for he that is dead is freed from sin.
1: That is how we are freed from sin. We are, we are not living right now. We are dead. Christ has, the only thing to free us from sin is crucifixion, is death. And we have been crucified with Christ. That is our identification. We are in Christ. We have been crucified. I am freed from sin because I am no longer here. I am in the heavenlies. I am with Christ. Go ahead.
2: Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Amen. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. No
1: more dominion. Death is, is done. Go ahead.
2: For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Keep going. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord.
1: Now, here's the here's the key verse right here, Larry, and you, you right. know this yep. one too, is that so we... We walk around, people are like, well, what do you mean that you're not in this body of flesh? And yes, I look in a mirror and I can see that I'm in the flesh. But Christ, Paul says, you know, the Holy Spirit says that our flesh is dead. It's been crucified with Christ. I I don't know how that is. Like, I I don't remember being there. (laughs) You know, I don't remember being crucified. But that's what the scriptures say. And I believe that I was part of that. I was being crucified with Christ. And now I am raised anew. My challenge is to believe that. Do I reckon myself to identify with that? Do I identify myself to be dead to sin and alive unto God? Think about, there's like three or four times in Romans chapter six here that talks about our, our being dead to sin and that we're alive to God. We are alive to God. We were dead in trespasses and sins and couldn't do anything. And now we are alive to God. That is good news that I am freed from it.
0: That's, this is the exciting thing of the gospel, because you don't have to go every Sunday, deal with your sin, or or but I, the one thing is that well, you got to feed the white dog versus right. the black dog. Right. So you don't have to do any of that. It's already been done.
1: Jesus did you it can, all. We,
0: we can walk in victory, and we don't have to be—as later in the chapter, it says we don't have to be—we don't have to yield our members as servants to sin.
1: Right, well, so then that's the next part, where the next verse, go ahead, where it says,
2: Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof.
1: Okay, so sin is still around, right, in our mortal, mortal body. And he said, "Let n- therefore, let not it reign. Don't let it reign in your body. Well,
2: the other
0: key thing is verse 11, that word reckon. Right. I like it, one, because it's a kind of a southern word. <laughs> I but, reckon. Uh, <laughs> but two, it, it means a lot. It means to consider it to be so you reckon it or like in accounting terms, when it says you reckon the books, right? You balance everything out. It's, it's sort of a, that idea of, you know, like when you do inventory on a business and everything is reconciled, everything's done, it's even, it's finished. Right. So we need to reckon ourselves, consider yourself as dead the sin and right. you can, you're alive to
1: God That's- yeah we call that faith I believe that yeah. that God did this and he said that I believe it I reckon I don't reckon my feelings I don't reckon because I don't feel dead sometimes I don't feel like right especially if I give in to temptation I'm like wow I feel much alive and it, but it's not based on my feelings it's based on what the Word of God says and I put my faith in that and say no I am I am dead to this I am dead to sin I'm alive to God and I walk in newness of life and so then but here, this is where in verse 13 go ahead and read that
2: Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God.
1: So members are basically what we feel in the flesh. you know it's our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our fingers, our hands or sex organs, you know all those things are fleshly and we feel through those things. And we can use those instruments. This is where you know Cameron's question, you know we, we walk in the, the flesh, right? but we're not to walk according to it. Well, our flesh has been crucified, so we have to put our faith there. However, we have the ability to walk, as we'll find out here, or not just walk, but have our members, yield our members. We are not to yield our members uh, unto unrighteousness. So keep going on.
2: For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace.
1: So because we're under grace... Sin does not have dominion over us. So that is, that's a, go ahead, babe.
2: What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Keep going. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Yeah.
1: So this, and for the wages of sin is death, but the gifts of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I think in chapter 8 then it goes on where you can walk after the flesh, but you're not in the flesh. You can walk after the Spirit and you can walk after the flesh. Our job is to walk after the Spirit, reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin and in the flesh. The flesh has been crucified that is the challenge of this life is to believe what the bible says to believe what christ says is Christ's promise true or not and and i'm going to believe right. what he says if you can turn to galatians 5:24, let's let's get because he says but oh. then in galatians 5 24 it says that the flesh and his passions are crucified so if it's dead how shall we walk in it and so i think that is a, a key point here you were saying
0: before you go that but in romans I think it's chapter four or five. Paul starts in with Abraham. I think maybe Yep. Yep, it. yep. And the whole point of that is that Abraham, it says that God imputed righteousness to Abraham because he believed God. Right. So Abraham was made righteous because of he, just because he, God said something, and Abraham believed it.
1: Absolutely. He didn't
0: have to do anything other than accept what God said as being the truth.
1: Absolutely, and that's our justification right there. That's, yeah. that's where, uh, because we don't do any, it's, it's strictly because we believe what, what God said, he, we are now justified before Him true, simply on faith, and that is a wonderful right. thing. Um, so Galatians five twenty three 24, what is it? Five twenty
2: 24. Yeah. It says, And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. I think you have to go on to 25. Yep. It says, if yeah, we ahead. live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, what's they the that one, are... um,
0: I'm sorry, Galatians 5, 22, I think.
1: Well, that's the fruit of the Spirit.
0: Um. No, what's the one in Galatians? Paul says, I am crucified with Christ.
1: Oh, yeah, that's. Uh,
0: no, um, that's oh, it's uh, 2, Galatians 2, Right. right. That's, yeah. It says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me.
1: Right. That is definitely our identification, and we go back to 522, or 524, that our Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So he's not saying if, like, it's like because we live in the Spirit. So because our position is in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Let us not walk after the flesh anymore. We are not in that. We are to reckon ourselves dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God. So, Cameron, the, the, the question, you know, why do we still walk according to it? And you're not supposed to. You're, you can. Like, God still has, he hasn't taken away our, our volition you know, our free will he has uh, crucified the flesh for us he did all the work we believe that that is called faith and we walk in newness of life we, he gave us the Holy Spirit he gives us the Holy Spirit to walk in this world he's crucified the flesh we are you know check out Colossians where it talks about the the circumcision of the heart that's a good verse to go to we are new creatures in Christ Jesus old things are passed away behold all things are new we don't need to blame anything on a sin nature we believe that christ has set us free from the law he set us free from the flesh and we walk in newness of life it's pretty much that simple now the walking out can be a little bit difficult sometimes but that's why we have faith in christ and we believe on what he said and not what we say
0: yeah and that's the whole essence of the gospel i mean because you mentioned earlier that you know the sinful nature crowd there's a few verses here and there that they and you've got to stretch those but you read the new testament especially the the epistles that paul wrote it's all through there that's the whole i mean you can't miss it unless you're not looking for it
1: no unless you have a pre
2: pre um presupposition yeah
1: presupposition of augustinian doctrines that shade your view of scripture but if you're just reading the scripture you're you're probably not going to come up with sinful nature on your own you need some no. guy to have taught you that throughout the times past, and this has been accepted in Catholic literature. It's been accepted in Reform literature, but it's not the 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 God of the Bible does not give us a sin nature, and we are forces us to sin against our will. We are sinners because we choose to sin, right. and uh, so it, anyway.
0: Well, real quick, if if you just had the first three chapters of the Bible. Genesis one, two, and three. Right. Could you present the gospel in that?
1: I think in the first eleven chapters, you can you get pretty much all the doctrines of the Bible in in first right. eleven chapters of Genesis, and you can present the gospel pretty clearly.
0: Absolutely. If you, unless you're predisposed to have this doctrine of sinful nature and all that, you miss it all.
1: Right. 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 But like I,
0: the whole plan of God is right there in the beginning and right there in the garden absolutely you just have you just have to believe it the way it's written
1: well larry is like almost an hour and we still wanted to talk about some do some email thing um oh yeah we are definitely going to have to talk about this next week the 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 actual sin nature i mean we're answering his question here answering his question and hopefully that helped him uh to walk in newness of life but we're going to uh, have to probably defend our position a little more some people are going to be upset about this probably and label us heretics, but check it out, I'm man. Sorry. Check out what you believe. Don't go searching the Scripture for your belief. Let the Scripture speak to you. Does it make sense that God made you sinner, completely a sinner, that you can do no other? It doesn't make any sense. And this is why I did not become a Calvinist, by the way. I, I Well, this. That's
0: a, if God created us with a sinful nature, or if we're born with it, whichever, right. either way, then how could God condemn us for something we had no control over.
1: Exactly. No, that—that's what kind of brought me tyrant. around.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the Calvinism- That would make God
0: a bully or a tyrant, evil tyrant
1: yes but god does what he wants because his ways are higher than our ways and you know the Calvinist dribble i know yeah yeah. all right well joshua why don't you get us out of here uh i don't think you're quite ready for that so i'll vamp a little bit but we'll go ahead and get out of here and then we got a couple comments on it's not actually emails but we'll talk about that for a second uh we'll be right back the mike charleston
2: podcast the mike charleston
1: Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you want to be part, if you have questions, if you want to challenge us on our beliefs, go ahead and email us at talk at fellowshipofbelievers org. Talk at fellowshipofbelievers org. Thank you very much. All right, we are back, and that was a that was a pretty good. I, I pretty much dominated that. I'm sorry, Larry. I was
2: going to say, once you turned oh, no, to Romans, not. I knew <laughs> it was over.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you were here, it would have been a lot better, but um, but you're not well, here.
0: It, it's an exciting subject for me because it really, it changed my life.
1: It, it's changed mine, um, it's changed yours. Yeah. When we understand the true gospel, the whole gospel, and yeah. that we don't have to blame it on the devil or sinful nature or whatever, that we are guilty then um, it really changes a good bit. But anyway, this is usually our email portion, and we don't have any emails this week. But what I did want to do, I wanted to talk about a couple of people that we met at the the camp there, Shindig, and they, they, they challenged us on a couple of things. And I wanted to uh, talk about that. Evan wanted to challenge us about the... Um, he listened to one of the podcasts, and he heard my message on the Golden Marriage. So whatever the Golden Marriage episode was. And he was like, I I understand your take on the mask. And he didn't necessarily agree, but he was maybe he did agree. I don't know. But he was trying to compare that my stance on the mask, which my my stance on the mask was stop making it a big deal and just do it. It's not going to harm anybody. It's not a big deal. And I know a lot of people are mad about that. But then he said, well, can you is it the same thing just to to take the shot? And that's when I said, no, I think that's totally different. And uh, so we kind of talked about the, that a good bit. And I said, look, at the end of the day, if you think wearing a mask is the hill you want to die on, then fine. But to me, I don't want to make trouble. I just want to go into the gas station with my mask on and walk out and carry on with my life. I don't want to make a big scene. A shot, because I can take off a mask. I can put it on, take it off. Yeah, right. you know, whatever. A shot is a little different. That's a little bit more invasive. It's uh, If I'm not sure about a shot... Um, I, I'm not gonna take it. I, I was sick one year, um, in in Bible college, and my throat was closing up. I was just really sick, and I went to the doctor, and they they were willing to give me a shot. It was, it was a steroid, and I I know what a steroid is, so I was like sure, and it cured it up real quickly. Like I was like, wow, this is awesome. Uh, but I'm not so sure about this shot. So to me, if I'm not so sure about the shot. And the government is forcing something to me. They are going, they're going too far there. Where a mask is eh, to me that's simple. But I can understand why some people would be like that's the same thing. And they're, they're I'm for liberty. Yeah, I get it. So is the shot mask same thing for you?
0: No, it, I agree with you. However, I will say with the mask, I was quite irritated, and I was well.
1: Well, because some
0: sometimes I. <laughs> I was ready to fight somebody if they wanted to challenge me.
1: <laughs> no, I get you. It's, it's not fun, like we. But no. at the end of the day, like yeah, if you would have made a scene based on a mask, and that and we kind of talked about this earlier, that if we suffer, we should suffer for righteousness' sake, right. not for liberty's no, sake.
0: But like you, the the shot is, it's on your person. It's yes. permanent, right? And that's a, And and you don't know. That's the other problem why won't they give full disclosure of what's in the vaccine? Right. Right. If they're so good and so effective, well, first of all, if they're so effective, then why are people like (laughs) Israel and Australia (laughs) dying after being, you know, but uh, we can't talk about that.
1: (laughs) No, all of Israel, all of Israel has been vaccinated and yet they're still having problems. So obviously it's, it's still, it's not working.
0: But no, I I was really irritated with the mask. Unfortunately, where we're at, that kind of died off quickly. Sure, sure. And it wasn't really enforced, so it wasn't too bad of a deal. Um, so I could calm down, and it's easy for me to say you know, it wasn't that big a deal. But at the time, it was, and you can ask my wife. I I didn't go to the grocery store.
1: Yeah, well, you have <laughs> a choice. That you don't have to yeah. go to these places. And but yeah, a shot, and we, if you're required to yeah. get a shot, I mean, that is they're forcing you to do something against your conscience. Whereas if right. you go to Costco and they say, wear a mask and you're like, you know what? I don't want to. Then guess what? You just don't go to Costco. You go somewhere else.
0: Right. We did a lot of shopping on Amazon.
1: Right. There you go. So it's oh. uh, uh, I think the two are kind of different. I know we talked about yeah. that. Uh, we also had another. A guy who has challenged me a little bit, and he 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 emails me all the time, texts me all the time, and he's in the military. And he was like, "Your your 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 statement on the military isn't exactly right." And I was like, "Okay, help me out." And he's like, "Because you still have your freedoms; they cannot make you do something that you don't want to do." Now, you could go to jail, you could sit in Leavenworth for a while, but and I'm like, "You know what? You're actually right. You're you're right. You you still have choices." But like you pointed out. Uh, well, I'll let you tell you what you pointed out. What, what did you say? Well,
0: that's not really you're you at that point, you're not free to choose because if there's a consequence of you being incarcerated or some other type of severe consequence, then that's not really free. Right. Free to choose is I don't want it, and that's it. That's the end of it.
1: Yeah, like if I don't want to go to war— no repercussions because I'm not part of the military. If you decide you right. don't want to shoot, you're gonna to have to go to jail. That is not like you said. That's 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 limited freedom. But I get what he's saying. He, you're not forced right. to do something you don't want to do. Well, there might be consequences.
0: Like, right, and like the early church, the Christians in the early church. Well, it, the apostles—they were told not to preach. They were beaten and then said, "Don't preach Jesus anymore." Right. Well, they went out and preached Jesus, knowing there was going to be a consequence to it. Absolutely. And so they weren't necessarily free to go preach the gospel. They could make that choice, and they did, but they had to face the consequences, but they weren't free. So, And
1: and I guess that's what we were talking about earlier with the suffer for righteousness sake, as opposed to suffering for freedom or liberty or for a political agenda, that they suffered because they were preaching the gospel. And... They, they have to obey God rather than man. And right. in some of these cases, it's, well, it's a political thing, or it's a it's a personal conviction, which I'm all for, but...
0: Yeah, we absolutely.
1: We have to determine, you know, which one do we really want to suffer for? Yeah, and Sarah doesn't have any opinion on any of these, do you? <laughs> no, she's keeping quiet. No, she just stands there with a silent laugh and... Uh, so you don't have any thoughts on, on those things?
2: I mean, I have thoughts, but, but you're going to keep them, but they well, pretty much always match yours. So okay.
1: Well, that's good. all good. So, yeah. D- so now Jared can be mad at you now. He doesn't oh, have great. to be, uh, turn his wrath on me.
0: <laughs> well, and I get his position. I mean, I understand like he's saying he doesn't have to do right, but there, but you, are you willing to face the consequences?
1: Well, he's so going like to have to make that decision soon. I mean, cause they, right. they are going to require a shot and he's going to try to get around it with the religious exemption. But if that doesn't right. happen, I said, well, what's, what's next? And he's like, mm, I don't want to think about that right now. Or I don't know exactly what he said, but uh, I just made that up. So
0: <laughs> so, so he's not necessarily free. Cause like you mentioned earlier with the mask, if you don't want to wear a mask at Costco, You don't have to shop there. You can go somewhere else.
1: I don't get fired. And
0: there's no, you're not going to lose your job. You're not, they're not forcing you to go to Costco and forcing you to put the mask on. Right. Or if you don't, you get arrested and you go to jail. It's different. Like in his case, yeah, he can say no, but there's going to be severe
1: consequences. Absolutely.
0: So that's not necessarily free.
1: (laughs) I I so. would agree. I mean, uh you're making me want to rethink my stance and say, yeah, you're wrong again, Jared. So, uh <laughs> no, but he well, but his I mean, original statement is true that you, they don't yeah. they can't force you to do something against your will. And 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 my question would be that's true, but you might have to sit in jail for a while.
0: Right. And yeah, that's the so I I don't define that as being free to choose.
1: Right. That's like a calvinistic choose, huh? Yeah. 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 If you're a Calvinist and, oh, you have a choice, but you can choose to sin or to sin. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs)
0: Now I will say this. I mean, I I really do like the freedoms we have here and the liberties, and I think they're very important as far as the ease of spreading the gospel. Um, And I don't want to—and it's sad to see that those things are being taken away, and it's hard to watch.
1: I, I don't plan uh, on living anywhere else right now. Right, I exactly. I, I, I like don't want to go anywhere else. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been cl- I've been labeled a uh, anti-patriotic person, and that is probably true. But uh, I know, really, I, I I love my country. I love where I live, Louisiana. I love it. Uh, I don't like all the things about it. The country. I mean, abortion is a terrible thing. Right. And how could we be a Christian country with that going on? And homosexuality just open in the streets. We're a very right. sinful country. However, I, I I like living here. I'd rather live here than say, oh, I don't know, Afghanistan,
0: <laughs> or Australia. Australia, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I used to think Australia would be a good place to go, but uh, now I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah. So yeah, with the questions, it's technically true, but then there's not because you have to face some severe consequences, and does that make, so? I wouldn't call that being free.
1: Yeah, yeah. Take that, Jared. So take it right. up with Larry. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, these weren't even their real questions. They're like, "How dare you put it on the air without me being able to defend myself uh, completely?" So well, email us in or text me your your, your response there, Jared. I'm sorry, but anyway.
0: Yeah, the, I yeah. I hope it works out for him as a
1: well. No doubt. No, we don't want to see him suffer. No, he, he really wants to make a career here uh, being in the air force so anyway i think that's about it we we've gone about an hour and 15 minutes so this has been good wow. we we got to get back to the sinful nature one in the next episode and just kind of go a little bit more in depth on on the sinful nature so uh anyway uh larry thank you for joining us today and Sarah well, thank you thank you for driving out to McDonald's and getting a Big Mac and, uh, <laughs> and Sarah thank you for joining us and, and reading the uh, Bible verses and do you have any more All questions
2: right. Oh, I'm sure we'll cover them next week alright
1: <laughs> so for Larry and for Sarah this is Mike thank you for listening God bless
2: you've been listening to the Mike Charleston podcast